So what does an 18-year-old Barron student from Butler and a 47-year-old guy from McCain, a 12-year-old from Pittsfield, a lady from Centerville, a mom and her 19-year-old daughter, and a 37-year-old woman and her fiancé all have in common. Last weekend at Rock the Lakes, they said, we believe that Jesus came to give us life. And they, and they believe that for the first time. Because here's what Jesus said. John, a follower of Jesus, recorded Jesus' words, and he said this, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, meaning God, has what? Eternal life. And will not be condemned, for he has crossed over from death to life. So, so what is this word? What is this thing that we must believe? Rock the Lakes in 2014 is much like the first century Feast of Pentecost when it turned into Rock the City. It began with a spontaneous concert of expressions of praise to God that were being spoken in every language represented from all over the world that had gathered for this Feast of Pentecost in Jerusalem. And what was amazing about it is that praise being spoken in those languages, languages were coming from people who did not know that language previous to that very moment. And the people who listened were amazed and they said, what is this? What's going on? And so this 20-something, fisherman by trade and follower of Jesus by invitation named Peter stands up and he says, let me tell you about this word of life, who he is. And so if we were to translate what he said into 20-something culture in 2014, it probably would sound like this. Who am I? What is the purpose of my life life on this planet? Many go through life unfulfilled, unfocused, searching. A blank canvas waiting for a picture of purpose to be painted on us. What does it all mean? It was once said that there is a God-shaped blank in all of us. We look for many things to fill this. Friends, fashion, false faith, fornication, and the facade of drug-induced fantasies. But follow me. Follow me to the edge of an abyss where deep down inside we all know something's missing. See, from the moment God spoke time into existence and shaped us with his own hands in his own image, his plan was for man and him to be one. Creator and creation communing together in beautiful harmony. Sounds perfect, right? So what happened? Sin. We're sinners by nature. Sin opened this void. Sin drove us away from our friends. Sin separated us from him. And for many centuries since, we as human beings have attempted to bridge this ever-widening gap with philosophies and religion, wealth and so-called moral decisions, but the divisions became more instilled, that God-shaped hole in our hearts still unfilled, and mankind seemed doomed. Until, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Ye shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Oh, but (laughs) this wasn't no ordinary baby. See, he grew into a boy, then a man, then a preacher, leading a multitude of people with radical and really off-the-wall teachings like, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, 
turn the other cheek. He's the greatest teacher that ever was. But this was no ordinary preacher. See, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So for our sins, he had to pay the price. <laughs> they put nails in his hands. Betrayed and denied. They hung him high and stretched him wide on a cross for you and I. And over 2,000 years ago, spiked through his side, the Son of God, our lamb slain before the world began, died. One of the most agonizing physical deaths that a person can suffer. They buried him in the tomb of a friend. For three days, his mother cried. And for three days, his disciples ran. But thanks be to the Most High, that's not how the story ends. Because three glorious days later, Jesus rose from the dead again. Oh, but this just wasn't any ordinary sacrifice because he became the way, the truth, and the life. And we now have a way through the Father, through him, uh, through the cross. Uh, we're now able to get across that great divide caused by sin, uh, separating us uh, from him. And he's calling us, but we've got to come. See, the choice is still ours, but he has provided all the love. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And if we only believe that Jesus Christ paid this price, Jesus said, ye shall know the truth. No more separation. No more fear of death. No more holes in our heart. We can now have eternal life. <laughs> you see, God gave man a choice. You either accept it or reject it. Pray this prayer out loud after me. Oh God, I am a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm willing to turn from my sin. I receive Christ as Savior. I confess him as Lord. From this moment on, I want to follow him and serve him. In Christ's name, amen. So that's the word of life. And there's so many of us in this room who understand what it is to have your dreams, your hopes, your marriage, your family, your faith, dying, and then you met Jesus, and you crossed from death to life. And a whole bunch of people did that last Saturday and Sunday. Rock the Lakes revealed Jesus and asked the question. The question is, and Jesus explains it to some of his close friends, the question is this, Jesus said to her, a close friend, I am the resurrection and the life, and whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and anyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And what's the question? Do you believe this? And a bunch of people said, I believe and then what happened? Did God say, okay, that's a wrap, let's go home? Toby Mac went to, and he did. Toby Mac left, and he went to the big Fresno Fair, and, and, and Franklin Graham went back to Charlotte, and tonight in the Erie Insurance Arena, a lady, and I guess she's really nice, will be there, and a bunch of people are going to show up and ask her to tell them what the dead are saying. And is that how it is? We disperse, and, and we move on, and we listen to the voices of the dead? Or do we lock on to the voice of life? How did Jerusalem keep rocking the city and how do we keep rocking the lakes? And it's pretty clear what they did, for Luke then recorded these words. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church 
that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything, everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. If, if we're followers of Jesus, and how many in here are followers of Jesus, then, then here's a pattern for our life. It's right there. We not only celebrate new life, but we are responsible for new life. And first of all, we're responsible to teach life. So three times in this covenant of love relationship I have with my wife, we were handed new life. We were handed a daughter and two sons. It was an amazing experience to see that new life. And and I'll tell you what didn't happen is that the nurse did not bring to us our firstborn, our daughter, and say, here you go. And we, we took her in our arms and said, this is just amazing, and it is. It's just so miraculous. New life is just wonderful. There are no words to describe what that is like. So we said, we're going to call her Christy of Christ. Jesus, thank you for this wonderful life. Now, nurse, here you go. Take her. And, and listen, you know, would you, would you do us a favor, and when she begins to... to talk, could you record that and send that information to us? Because we'd love that. And, 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 and when she begins to walk, could you video, back then it was some kind of video cam about this big, and can, can, can you video that for us and send that to us? And, and, then, and then we would love if you sent us pictures on her first day of school. That would be so fun. And then, and then we would like to in, be invited to her graduation from high school if you would just let us know. We didn't do that. This we do know that our personal living changed when we got handed new life, that we are responsible for that new life, not some institution. The hospital is not going to take our child and keep our child. We're responsible for new life. So here's the deal. Jesus is saying, if you're a follower of me, I am birthing people into a new life, and I'm going to hand them to you, you followers of me. And you are responsible for that life, not an institution, not, oh, the church, the organization, that that thing, that that building over there will take care of them. No, you are the church, so you personally are responsible. Let me say it really clear to you. We as, as individuals are personally responsible for the life that is being birthed into the kingdom of God. We are responsible. And our personal living has to change when we're handed new life. Jesus said this, undeterred, he went ahead and gave this charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this day after day right up to the end of age. And we say, Jesus, just be with us, be with us. He said, I'll be with you, but understand why I'm with you so that you can teach others how to live in this life. That's why I'm with you. Not just for your, ooh, that feels good. You say, but I I don't know what to teach them. 
that's why we got preachers. You guys teach them. I don't know what to teach them. Well, let me just give you some practical advice. Tell them what you know and learn what you don't. How many of you have parented children before? How many of you knew everything you needed when that child got handed to you? Did you panic like me? I went home when Christy was born. I went home and Pam was in the hospital. I sat back in my recliner and said, God, now what? What do I do with this, 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 this child? So we taught her what we knew, but we had to research what we didn't know. We talked to, to my mom and her mom, and we talked to grandparents, and we talked to people who had already raised kids and kept their minds. We, we researched. We read books. Now you go online, and you, 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 can, you can get videos, because you've got to know this stuff, because you've got to outsmart them. So you, you, you learn the stuff. The one thing you can't do is opt out. See, what we want to do when it comes to being believers in Jesus, we want to opt out. We, we want to say we need the specialist, we need the theologian preacher guy that we pay and have him come teach whoever we're around. And that's like you inviting Kevin Lehman to your house and saying, here's my kid, and when he's 13, bring him back, okay. You can't do that. You can't opt out. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching is who is Jesus and how did he tell us to live and how do we tell other people how to live that way. That's the apostles' doctrine. And they devoted, that word means they attached themselves really tight to understanding that. See, I have a concern for you. And I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but I'm watching what's going around in the world. And the scripture said that as Jesus gets closer to returning and changing this world back to the way it was supposed to be, the end of the world, that things are going to get worse. And I don't know you, but I think things are getting worse. So what are you going to teach your kids or your friends or the people you're walking with in Jesus? Who, who's going to talk to them when, when something like Ebola breaks loose? What do you tell them? We've had five of our pastors in Liberia die from Ebola. So what do you tell? What do you, what do you say? What, what happens is ISIS breaks loose in America. I'm not trying to freak you out, but I'm just telling you things could get worse, and if they do, what do you know about Jesus to get you through this? And, and it's almost too late once it happens to get a handle on it. What are you doing now? And who's going to teach your kids how to deal with that? Who's going to teach your grandkids how to deal with that? They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine so they would know how to deal with it because they got hit with some severity. How can we reveal Jesus to others when we don't know him? And how can we teach them how to live life if we don't know how Jesus himself taught us to how, how to live life? So in two weeks, two weeks from today, we're going to begin a new series, and we're calling it The Essential Jesus, Why He is Significant. And we're going to ask you to do this. We're, we together, as a community of faith, are going to read 100, 100 readings of who Jesus is from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, who describe him and, and, and who he is and what he has done and what he expects from us. Those readings are broke up into five readings per week for 20 weeks. And so you're going to come, and, and on that first, first Sunday, I'm going to teach you about something about Jesus. We're going to start out with who is he? 
And then you're going to go home, and, and for five days in the next week, you're going to read about him and, and, and reflect on him. And we're going to do that for 20 weeks. We're going to, we're going to take a break for a couple weeks in, in January, and then we're going to get back into it, and it's going to take us right up to Easter. We're going to understand who he is. And so to do that, we're going to invite you to, to get a book that's going to guide you through that. Uh, and they're going to be in the back today. And, and, and during the remainder of our time walking through this, they cost $10. That's what it costs us, basically. You say, well, that's $10. That's a lot of money. Well, it's going to take you through Easter. So give up two days of Starbucks and you got it. Don't bowl as many frames in bowling and you got it. Go in your husband's wallet, and you got it. One a family, or if everybody wants one, however you want to do that. And, and here's, okay, here's the deal. I haven't even talked to the people in the back selling these, but just, I'm the pastor. I can do this. So here we go. If you can't afford it, just say, I, I, can I have one? But here's, here's the deal. If you say, can I have one, then what I want you to do is ask Jesus to give you $10 in the next four weeks and come back and pay for it. And if you are blessed by God and you can just afford that easily, then you buy a couple more and just say, if somebody needs one, give them one. We can take care of each other. I think that's what the New Testament church did. I think I just read that. Did you read that? I read that. So get one of these, and in two weeks we start. No cheating. Don't start before we get there. But we're going to walk through this, and we're going to talk about who Jesus is. Because if we know Jesus, we can share Jesus. You say, well, wait, you know, you're telling me to share Jesus with people, and I'm just so stinking busy. You don't know my schedule. I don't think Jesus is going to go for that when you say, I did not share your life with people because I was so busy. So here's some practical advice. Get up a half hour earlier. Maybe not watch one of the 10 shows you like to watch during the week. DVR your programs. You've got enough time in commercials you can skip that you could read the entire Bible in a year. <laughs> Figure it out. And then in that space of time, and listen, you've got, to, you've got to make that space of time. You can't just say, sometime I will. You've got to put it in your calendar because unscheduled time always goes to the unimportant. So put it in there. And so, so read the scriptures or go, go do an online course that talks about Jesus. Just, just read a book about Jesus. Listen to a podcast about Jesus. Get some live streaming of, of, of something talking about Jesus. But begin to understand who he is. In his book, Simply Christian, Bishop N.T. Wright says, the Bible is there to enable God's people to be equipped to do God's work in God's world, not to give them an excuse to sit back smugly knowing they possess all God's truth. Oh, yeah, we got his truth, and this is the real stuff. Well, how much of that do you actually know? How much do I know? See, this gathering here, it's wonderful. We do this on Sunday, but this is not our country club. This is where we come to give life and to, to coach other people in living. I mean, that's what happened in, in a marvelous way last weekend when, when over 250 that we know of, communities of faith, gathered together and brought people to declare with one voice, this is who Jesus is. And there was this amazing presence of God in that place. Even the songs I did not understand, I still sensed God's presence. 
And so what happened to those people that, that made a faith step that day and felt this God presence, and they felt it on Saturday or Sunday, and then they went to campus on Monday? How do they feel that? How do they still feel God? Well, we are also responsible to release power and presence. For it says they devoted themselves to the prayers, and it is the prayers. They, they, they devoted themselves to the traditional prayers, but now they were infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. There were both old forms of prayers with new content and new forms of prayer for new expressions of worship. But praying is simply this. It is entering into a place of death and releasing Jesus' life by our talking to God and asking for him to achieve that. Because God said, I will do nothing on this earth unless it's done with humans. So we're going to do this together. I'm just not going to decide to do it and do it. I've got to do it through a human form. That's why Jesus came. And prayer is our release for that. It releases life. So I have this friend named Bob. And this was back in Oregon. And, and, and so you don't know Bob, but Bob's dad was dying of cancer. And Bob's dad did not know anything about Jesus, and he didn't want to talk to his son about Jesus. And Bob said, I, I want him to have that life that goes on forever. What do I do? I said, let's pray that he can't leave this world without him knowing Jesus, because Jesus said, if we pray according to his will, he hears us, and if we know he hears us, we get what we ask. So Jesus, you can't let him die without knowing you. We got bold. So Bob's dad eventually just succumbed to a, a coma condition where he just, you couldn't talk to him. He was just out. And so uh, daily they would move him around and they actually put him in a chair. And, and Bob came in in, the, in what would be some of the last days of his father. They, they pretty well expected. So Bob came and sat down right next to the recliner and just was sitting there thinking about his dad and praying. And suddenly he hears his voice, Bob. And it's Bob's dad. He's wide awake. I said, Bob, what are you doing? I was talking to Jesus about you. Well, tell me a little more about Jesus. So he tells him about Jesus. And Bob's dad says, I understand. I think I better know him, huh? So, so Bob's dad puts his faith in Jesus and asks Jesus to guide him through whatever is ahead of him. And then later that day, Bob's dad goes back into a coma, and the next day he dies. See, prayer is this. Prayer changes us so that we become powerful. And prayer aligns circumstances so they come in alignment with what is God's will. But we have got to pray to make that happen. You say, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. No, God said, I'm going to do this through you. I recall in the Old Testament, he said, there are some things I didn't want to happen, some destruction I didn't want to happen, but I looked for some people to stand in the gap and, and, and pray for that and, and to declare that, but I couldn't find any. So I got a question, who's praying for your kids if you're not? And, and who's praying for your husband if you're not? Or your wife if you're not? Or your grandkids if you're not? Or your parents if you're not? Or, or the community of faith if you're not? Who's praying for them? So they devoted themselves to that prayer especially group prayer, because there's something amazing about group prayer. He said, where two or three gather and ask in my name, where they agree together. That's why there were 120 on that day of Pentecost who were filled with the Holy Spirit because they'd been praying together. That's why Jesus, even in the garden, said, I need you to pray with me. 
I need you. So that's why I, I really do want to invite you that at 9.30, we gather here to pray for this gathering. You say, I have kids. Well, check your kids in or bring them with you because I think it'd be great for your kids to learn how to pray by listening to people pray. You say, I'm at 9.30 on Sunday. Oh, don't get me started. Please. Following Jesus can be uncomfortable. And, 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 and you guys that are hunters, don't even start with me because I know what time you get up and go hunting. And ladies, I know what you do on Black Friday, which has turned into Terrible Thursday, which is going to head into Wacky Wednesday. You know what's going there. The book of Acts, if you read it, is going from prayer meeting to prayer meeting with miracles in between. And we're responsible for that. So, so in your small groups, pray. I don't know you say I'm not part of a small group. Then form one. Get together. You people that have, have young people who, and youth are, are dealing with issues and you're, you have kids the same age, you should gather together and pray. Find people around you and say, can you just come on over Saturday and we're going to pray together. You say, yeah, I can do that without putting it in the bulletin. Yes, you can. Please do. Pray together. So Jesus said, share life and then baptize, which they did. So next week, we're going to celebrate baptism. Baptism comes from the word baptizo, which means to take, to take something and change its identity. By, and, and it was used of taking cloth and putting it in dye, and it comes up different. So here's what happens in baptism. It's a declaration that I have this old life that was destroyed. Destroying, destroying me, it's destructive, and it went into Jesus. As Jesus died, so did I, and so that old life died, and I came up into a new life, as Jesus did, and a new community. So I want to encourage you. If you have never been baptized by your own choice, you say, as a child, I was baptized. That is wonderful that your parents dedicated you to Jesus. Look where you are now. But Jesus said, you got to choose. This is a personal decision. He's not your personal savior because Jesus came for everybody, but it is your personal decision. And when you choose Jesus, he said, I need for you to identify with me. Jesus himself said, you follow me, and Jesus walked into the waters of baptism. So he said, you got to follow me too because there's a release of power in your life when you do that. So if you've never, ever been baptized, I'm going to ask you to stop by this morning out at the information desk and to sign up and grab a packet and join me at 9 o'clock next Sunday morning in the Children's Chapel. We're going to walk through what we're going to do that morning, and then we're going to baptize here during the morning service. That's all focused there. You say, but I've been a Christian a long time, and I should have been baptized. Now I'm embarrassed. Get over your embarrassment and get baptized. Get over it. Oh, but I'll get my hair wet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if, if that's an issue, then your pride needs to be dealt with, and baptism is a good way to start. So you say, well, I've got circumstances, I'm, I'm afraid of water, or, or, or I can't get in that tank. Look, we'll figure out whatever it takes. I had a friend who, who was in the tank corps in Africa, he's from Great Britain, and they baptized by covering him in sand. That's all they had. We'll figure something out for you. So have I mentioned to you that you should be baptized? So do that today. Stop by. And if you know anybody that's been walking with Jesus or coming in to know Jesus, 
they need to be baptized, go talk to them and bring them with you, and let's celebrate next Sunday. So Jesus said, baptize them, and they did. And what followed was this devotion, they said, to the fellowship. It's the word koinonia. Folks, we are responsible for community. Not, not to just show up on a Sunday morning for an hour and a half. We are responsible for community. It comes from the word koinos, which is an interesting word, because you'd almost think that it's contrary to even what Pastor Don was saying earlier about otherness of God and holy, because the word koinonia comes from the word that actually is unholy. So what does that mean? You mean, you mean we, we get to gather for an unholy gathering? I'm in for that. Well, in a way, yes, but understand the word. So last Saturday and Sunday, I got to, I got to be part of, of the counselors for for Rock the Lakes, and, and so I was down front, and I, I was able to help things be coordinated. I've been working for, the, for this for like three years together, and so I got to wear a really cool badge, and, and so there I was, and I got to go in earlier and, and, and do stuff, and, and so there I was. And then after I got done with that, I got to go up into a suite, which was basically on the, like the west end of Erie Insurance Arena, and, and so I had this one. It said, team, and so I came up the elevator, and there's a guard there at the elevator, and she looks at me, and she says, okay, you can get in. Cool. So I got in. You couldn't get in without one of these or a ticket. Not most people could get in because you got to have the credential. I have the credential. That is the word holy. You are other than anybody else. You got the credential. So I was up in the holy place. Most of you were not. Okay, the main floor had no credentialing. It was free to get in. It was free to come stand by the stage and be, be in front of the speakers if you want and have your hair blown back. I thought the whole time I was that close to those speakers, I thought my phone, which I was on vibrate, I thought it was ringing the whole time because it just, everything vibrated. You didn't have to have a credential to get there. When we invited you to, to put your faith in Jesus and come down front so we could talk to you about that, you didn't need a credential. You could just show up. That is unholy because you don't need a credential. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, when you come into the community, you don't need a credential. You don't have to, to, to okay, if you do this, 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 and this, you're in. If you just want to know Jesus and walk, come on in because this is not... It, this is not a credential place. It is not a higher than thou place. It is come, let's walk together and we're going to find Jesus as we journey together. And there is no hierarchy. It's we're all the same when it comes to the cross of Jesus. So let's walk together. So I don't care what you pierced and what you tattooed or how long you've known Jesus and whether you wear a tuxedo or Bermuda shorts, I don't care. We're going to walk together. That's why we've talked about CPR, that it gives life. The C stands for connecting. And I told you, we're going to keep asking you for the next 12 months who you're connected to, who you're walking with, and helping them come to know Jesus. And if you keep telling me no, I'm telling you, you got something wrong with you. Because Jesus said, you got to do that so that we can walk together in this community. And, and we do that by the, the P of CPR, the power and the passion of the Holy Spirit to share life and, and coach others. And then the scripture said that they shared everything they had. That's the R. That's the resources. They, they gave everything they had. 
to one another because we're just, we're together. Jesus shared life. So should we. And so we're going to celebrate that this morning. And I'm going to ask those who are going to help us serve the communion to take their place right now. In just a few moments, we get to the place that I need for you to do this. I'm going to invite you to participate in communion. In just a moment, they're going to come and distribute those, those elements, the, the bread and the cup. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we invite you to take that cup and bread and hold it till all have received, and we're going to partake together. You may be from a, a different tradition where you take it immediately. We're going to ask you to hold on to that. You may be in a, in a place where you have to belong to that church. If you are a follower of Jesus, it's community, and we're going to share life together. So... I'm going to ask now that those who are going to distribute the communion are going to come and begin distributing it as I begin to share a story with you as we wrap this up today. So gentlemen and ladies, you come and just begin to, to uh, distribute as soon as you've got your teams together. Begin immediately, okay? And that's it. And you that are, that are extroverts, lead the introverts in that process. That would be great. So this happened in a faith community in North Carolina, and I want, to, I want to explain it to you the way it was described to me. So the youth pastor and a parents committee decided that the privileged teenagers in the church's youth group needed to learn about the world's inequities. So a dinner is held and the youth are divided into groups that represent percentages of the world's population. Now each of the youth is given play money that represents his or her resources. That's what they have to spend on the dinners so that on their dinners. So two people, two people of the entire group represent the richest nations in the world and get the most money. And they have enough money to purchase all the pizza, fried chicken, and potato salad they want. The next group of 10 represents the less wealthy of the world. And they're given enough that if shared and if they are careful, would give each one a reasonable dinner. The remaining 20 are given just a few dollars and the only thing they're able to buy is rice and maybe enough of each, for each person to have one bite. It was explained to them that they could only eat what they were able to buy and they had to figure out how to feed themselves. And it soon became clear that every kid going through the line for some reason was loading his or her plate with food, grabbing a soda, topping it off with brownies or cookies. And the parents cried, wait, you can't have that food if you don't have the money to pay for it. Well, the youth had gotten wind of the exercise had grabbed the play money and made copies and made sure that everyone had more than enough to eat lavishly. Now, of course, the parents and the youth pastor were perturbed until they took a good look at, a good hard look at what was going on at that moment. The youth were all gathered around the tables celebrating their coup. The interesting thing was that the usual divisions of age and social groups had resolved. Everyone was talking and laughing, and the kids may not have learned about world hunger, but they did use their creativity to make sure that everyone not only had enough, but was able to be included and to celebrate. The end result was a transformed community. We're responsible for that. Our divisions disappear when we become in awe of His grace. We are responsible to be in awe of his grace. So what do you think happened when you got an understanding and a clarity that you had offended God and hurt other people? 
and that the, the just thing would be for you to be punished for that, but Jesus came and took your punishment and forgave you and gave you life? What do you think the response was where God lives? Jesus explained that when he told the story of, of that very thing happening, and he ends it by saying this, count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Heaven throws a party. How many like parties? Yeah. And so when, when you came and said, okay, Jesus, I believe. Heaven had a party. And they're still pretty pumped about you. They're excited. Which is amazing because we should be punished for our sins and God should be celebrated. That's justice. But instead, God is punished for our sins and we are celebrated. That is mercy. That is amazing. So knowing that, the now 3,120 people of Jerusalem, these followers of Jesus, met daily and they worshiped with the Eucharist, which is the word Thanksgiving. Every day, every day, every day, they would break up into homes all through the city and they would share a meal and they would get to this one point and they would say, here's what Jesus did for us and they would be in awe. And they would say, thank you. Thank you. When's the last time you really were in awe of the fact that you should have died for your sins? See, those grateful for life, share it. And this is what happened. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It's just a natural course. So can we take these next moments and share our thanks with God and say, look what you did for me. Look what you did for people. Let us give thanks and be in awe. Could you just take a moment and reflect back really how nasty and rotten you have been in your past? Because you have been. And how God erased it all. He, he said, I forget about it. I choose to forget. He calls it a sea of forgetting. It's thrown in there and it's never to be brought up again. That is amazing. Because if I say to God, God, do you remember last week when I did? And God will say, no, don't remember that. So good. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it and he said, this is my body. It's a redemptive talk. Meaning that all our sins were put on him and he died on our behalf that we may have what he had, which is life. And if you're sitting here today and you've never trusted him with that, just right now, you just say, Jesus, I want to give you my sins. Would you forgive me? He said, I'll change you. I'll forgive you. So with grateful hearts, would you partake of the bread together? Then he took the cup and he said, I want you all to drink of this because this is the covenant. This is the covenant of, of, a, of, of, of a new way of living. This is the blood that was shed for you. 
that you get to live a new life. Not only were you birthed into it, but, but now you get to live it. And I've given you power by the blood of, of, that I've shed for you to face everything that you could face and you can overcome it and live it the way that Jesus himself would live it. That's why you have hope today. That's why you'll make it through no matter what happens in the United States or the world, you'll make it through because Jesus' kingdom is much greater than the kingdom of this world. That's the good news. And so no matter what you face right now, sickness, debt issues, discouragement, marriage breakup, whatever it could be, Jesus said, my blood will cover that and I'll lead you through that and keep you healthy and whole in the process if you trust me. So let this be a declaration of thanksgiving and a declaration of trust. Let's partake of the cup together. So we celebrate. So last weekend, on Saturday and Sunday, and Saturday at Erie Insurance Arena, and then also the overflow into the Warner. And then Sunday, they packed them all in Erie Insurance Arena. There were 13,880 people who showed up. That's pretty cool. 1,057 of them publicly declared their new or renewed faith in Jesus. That's amazing. And almost 60% of them, 60, 60%, almost 60% were between the ages of 10 and 18. Now, what is amazing is that we had these preparation classes before Rock the Lakes weekend where we sat together and walked through what Jesus had done for us and how we shared that with other people. There were these classes that we took together, three sessions. And in those three sessions, 734 people publicly declared their new or renewed faith in Jesus. That is amazing. Rock the Lakes was web-streamed, and 22,407 people from all over the world watched it. And four, 470 of them declared their new or renewed faith in Jesus. That's amazing. So, so here's the deal. Three years of prayer and preparation was not just so that we could say, had an event, so cool, and it was. But it is a reminder of the fact that we are called to share life all the time and help people know how to follow Jesus. It allowed us to declare this message of Jesus' life and love to the city. And so a total of 2,261 people put their faith in Jesus. That is amazing. So if this is our responsibility, it goes on from here. And I'll say this as kindly as I can. If we're going to share Jesus' life with others and coach them how to live that life, it's more than just coming in here in an hour and a half on Sunday morning and saying, wasn't that wonderful worship? It's more than talking about the good old days or my latest 10K, or the vacation I have coming. 
we must pray for more opportunities all around us to share Jesus' life and coach people in the process because nothing else matters to Jesus and therefore nothing else must matter to us. So we are so excited about what he did and what his plans are for us in the future. So I'm going to invite you to stand. And invite the band to take their place. And we're going to party. We're going to give God thanks for what he has done. We're going to celebrate. We're going to remember the lives that have changed. And I told you earlier this morning, if you were here as we began the service, which three of you were, um, now there are more. But, but I ran into a lady this morning, and, and she is just so full of, of joy. She gave her life to Jesus after Rock the Lakes on Monday, and she's of a religion that, that really didn't focus on Jesus. And this week, she got rid of all her, all her idols, and she is just, she's delighted that Jesus is done. So I said, we got to stay connected because we're going to walk this thing with Jesus. See, that's what, what God's called us to do. And so that's what you're going to do this week. But Jesus gives you opportunity. But right now, we're going to give him thanks and celebrate for all those people who had a connection with Jesus. So the band's going to lead us. And when we get done with that, I'm going to come back and conclude our, our time together. Let's partay.
So there's this great word that you just sang. It's called hallelujah. It comes from the Hebrew. It's ha- Hallel Jehovah, which is praise Jehovah, and it's an expression of praise that is the highest praise. And so whenever you hear the word hallelujah, it's really, there's no one greater than God. Look what he's done. So could you just, just would you just yell that with me? Hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Absolutely. So now here's the deal. Some of you sitting here today. We've been talking about this life and about what it means to, to follow Jesus and, and, and how he changes us because he says anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. And, and so we get this brand new life. And, and you say, I don't have that. Well, I want you to have that. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to turn to each other and just say, would you like to have life in Jesus? And if you don't have that, just say to the person, yes. And then as you say yes, I'm going to ask you and the person who who invited you, because we're community, to just come and stand right here with me. And we're going to pray a prayer to begin to seal that in your life. Because I don't want you to leave here without having absolute certainty that, that you have this life that Jesus has to offer. Say, I don't even know the people next to me. Well, you're about to meet them. And so whether on the main floor, galleries, a balcony, I want you to do that. I want you to turn and just say to the person, would you like to have life in Jesus? And as they say yes, you just, both of you come and just greet me right here, and we'll have a prayer, and then we'll have you on your way. Would you do that? Okay, okay turn to each other. Say, would you like to have life in Jesus? And just join me right here. That'd be great. That's great. You say, I thought I'd be the only one, so I said, no. I'll just turn to the person next to you and say, I changed my mind. And, and just come join me right here. Yeah, I just said, just come down the steps of the gallery and if you're in the balcony. That's it. Just come on over. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So as, as they're coming, I just want to say to, to you that are my brothers and sisters in this relationship with Jesus, you don't have to wait for a Sunday morning for me to say this to somebody. You get to say that to somebody during the week. 
And if you ask Jesus to, in, to give you the opportunity, Pam and I have a friend who said, Jesus, give me one person that I can, can tell about your life and, and, and see them come to you. And so one, one a month, and so it happened. And then she said, let's try one a, one a week, and it happened. And she said, one a day, and it happens. Because Jesus just said, I got people that need me, and I need people who are willing to tell them. And so if you'll ask him, it'll happen. So you that are here, I just, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. So we're going to pray a prayer that is from the Bible that's truth. And these people back here are going to help repeat it with me and with you so that, that you feel like you're not alone. Because so many of these people back here have done that. And so as we pray this prayer, I invite you to repeat after me. And we're going to seal this in your life but make it from your heart. Jesus, I come to you for a new life. For you said, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come. And I want a brand new life. You also promised that if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me for my sins and cleanse me from all impurity. So I confess that I'm a sinner. I've offended you and other people. Please forgive me. And according to your word, I am forgiven. You also promised that as I believed in you, I would become your child. So I, by faith, declare that I'm your child right now. So now I give you my life and ask you to guide me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That is wonderful. So because we have some, some help to, to guide you from this point on, I'm going to invite you in just a moment to head up to this door. And Joe's going to be right there, and Pastor Don's going to be back there. And we're going to take you back to the choir room so you're not interrupted and just give you a few things. If you came with somebody, they'll wait for you, I promise. If not, we'll give you a ride home. You'll be fine. And, and so we invite you to go back there. Nothing weird or wacky is going to happen. We just want to help you on this journey that you've begun today because we're just delighted that you've put your faith in Jesus and answered that question, do you believe? And you said yes. That is wonderful. So if you will, just head up that way to these guys right there. And if you need help on, on steps, the ushers will help you in the back so you don't have to come up the steps, but just head that direction right there, if you will. So if you came with some of these folks and, and you need to make sure you meet them, if you'll just make your way around or get through these doors and we dismiss, you can go right up there and just wait by the choir room or stay where you are and they'll come find you, but we'll make sure you get connected. Well, that was fun. So I'm asking you, who is it that you are connected to and are leading them in a relationship with Jesus or talking to them about it? Who are, who are you helping come connected to Jesus? If you don't have a who yet, I'm praying you will. Secondly, are you depending every day saying to the Holy Spirit, empower me and give me the passion to do exactly what I need to do today for you? And thirdly, are you being generous? Are you using your resources to bless others and to help the community of faith grow? Keep working that out so that it happens in your life. So now, to God and to Jesus, the name above every name, the name in which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father, 
to the Almighty, the All-Powerful, the one full of grace and mercy, be honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.